This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Bike Radar podcast. My name is Sam Chalice. I'm Bike Radar's road and gravel technical editor and joining me today is Bike Radar's senior technical writer, Simon Von Bromley. All right, Sam. How are you? Hi, Sam. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Very excited to be here today. To, as I, I know, what is an extremely interesting topic. Oh, it's going to be a good one, isn't it? <laughs> uh, um, how, how have you been? You've been riding riding a lot in the in the early year. I ha- I've been riding a lot, but indoors. And I know some of our readers think that's cheating, but um, mm. but for me, it is. It's a really good way to get in get in the training because I just can't stand the kind of cold wet miserable weather it, it, it depresses me too much so I much prefer mm. to stay inside <laughs> no um I, I see that I'm the opposite though and, and this new year new year new me for, for for January I think um doing a lot, lot more riding and it's a nice segue into today's episode actually because I'm as I say I'm doing a lot more riding outside and my bike's moving parts are going to be subject to a lot of wear and tear uh, in particular, the drivetrain. So um, we're going to discuss a train treatment today, aren't we? That, that has the potential to mitigate a lot of that attritional damage. Um, with that, with that method being immersive chain waxing or hot melt waxing, which which would you prefer us to call it today? I guess I use immersive chain waxing. Um, mm-hmm. 
I have heard hot melt, but I thought that that feels like Silka have have branded that. And and I'm because since I used to work at the BBC, I'm a kind of other brands are available type person. Absolutely okay, very sensible. <laughs> um, so okay, right, we'll go as as immersive chain waxing has the potential to introduce some true tangible performance benefits to to how you ride and how you live with your bike. Um, it does also come with some procedural quirks. Would you say that? as an individual you need to weigh up against the potential advantages yeah definitely like for me i think there are you know real tangible performance advantages um perhaps not the ones you kind of might expect in a way and obviously we'll get onto that but yes like the the big the big problem with it is it's it there is more work involved and for a lot of people it's just going to be a non-starter which is absolutely mm-hmm. fine of course like yeah. you know most people just want to ride their bikes and, and have fun not really worry about it too much but if you're an obsessive like myself then this is something that i think you know does bring real advantages okay yeah so today we're going to be as, as simon's just said we'll be delving into the pros and cons and what's and why's and who's and wherefores of, of um, immersive chain waxing with a view to informing our listeners on this um potentially enigmatic method of lubrication i think would you would you say simon over conventional conventional methods it's, yeah it, it's not you know this isn't this isn't something that i expect to, uh, after this episode every single listener is going to go oh yeah that sounds like it's for me this is for the real kind of the people who have you know probably got slightly too much time on their hands <laughs> fine um well with that in mind i think today for the for the benefit of our listeners the pod probably is going to adopt more of an interview format than a than a true discursive format purely because you know an incomparable amount more than me on this subject um so the way i see it working as long as you're happy with this is that i'll ask an open question and then you're you're off the leash to fill me in um i'll probably know just enough to interject with counterpoints and follow-ups but otherwise the the floor is yours um so should we we start should we get into it yeah sounds great okay good um so what is immersive chain waxing and how does it differ to more conventional or widespread lubrication methods so As the kind of name suggests, immersive chain waxing is where you immerse a chain in a a kind of pot of melted wax. Now, the reason for doing that is just to allow a much greater amount of wax. And by wax, I mean paraffin wax, not kind of beeswax or whatever. But it's it's the same kind of stuff that you would find in a wax-based drip lube but rather than having a kind of carrier fluid you know added that is designed to kind of evaporate away and leave you with a you know wax on the chain this this you by immersing it in the chain you get it fully covered inside and out and then you know you kind of take it out let it dry pop it back on your bike and and the idea is that you end up with this solid and completely dry layer of super smooth super slippery wax on the outside of your chain and it resists contamination and helps reduce friction and you know those those two parts together you know obviously there might be a few people who are familiar with the kind of wax chains you buy from performance brands such as ceramic speed mm-hmm. and that's what you know they really came to prominence in the kind of pro racing scene in the last few years but i think the bigger benefits for most people are actually in the kind of reduced running costs they potentially offer because they yeah. reduce friction which you know obviously helps save you a couple of you know maybe some fractional watts here and there but 
for most people, you're going to be more interested in the fact that by reducing that friction, you're not going to be wearing down your drivetrain parts as much. And, you know, we all know how expensive drivetrain parts have become if, if <laughs> you can even, if you can even get hold of them. So reducing the amount of cassettes and chains and chain rings you kind of burn through is for me, that's the key benefit. Sure. Okay. And, and so why, why is this method so good at reducing friction and, and prolonging drivetrain life over, over other things? Basically because of the quantity of lubricant you're getting in and kind of around the chain. Now, when you, yeah. if you use a wax-based drip lube, it kind of can have similar effects, but you're just not getting the same quantity of wax within the rollers mm-hmm. and around the outside of the chain and things like that. Now, when you put it in the, in the pot in the slow cooker, the heat actually helps the kind of parts of the chain expand slightly, which oh, allows yeah. the liquid to get into the links and the pins and the rollers where you really, really need it for a chain. And you know, just like with a kind of a good wax-based drip lube, you're looking for that dry lubrication that doesn't attach, uh, attract dirt to it, and things like that. You know, like if you were to lab test lubricants, and obviously this has been done before in a kind of very clean setting, there's actually not much difference in efficiency mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. you know factory grease, dry lubricants, wet lubricants, wax lubricants. Factory grease, the best, the best lubricant of all time. <laughs> the, the worst, the worst chain lube. But um, <laughs> but if once you go out into the real world, you know, obviously there's dust and there's dirt, and even on the cleanest of days, you know, I'm sure everyone is aware that if you know if you have over lubricated your chain with a kind of wet lube or something, and you haven't wiped off the excess like you're supposed to do, then even on a very clean, dry day, you can come home with a black chain from dirt dust and stuff that gets kicked off the chain now all of that stuff basically you know because it sticks to the oil it can basically create a grinding paste and if you don't clean it off it you're just you know you're you're it's kind of like a a grinding paste that's literally grinding away your your gears and your chain and things like that so yeah sure that's that's where the benefit comes in okay i was joking about uh factory grease there that (laughs) listeners you should absolutely take that off as soon as you take your chain out of the packet uh that stuff is awful it's designed to keep the chain stable for 20 years in a packet not designed for optimal drivetrain performance um okay so what what kit do you need to to do this MSI? so as you'd expect like you do need more kit but it is kind of a lot of this stuff is you know fortunately not too expensive and you probably have some of it already now the main thing that you'll need to get is a small slow cooker and i would suggest buying another one rather than using one that you know you or your family used uh, <laughs> to cook with mm-hmm. you know my, my one i think costs sort of 15 pounds off amazon obviously mm-hmm. on top of that you'll need some paraffin wax or kind of you can buy commercial blends from uh silka as we had already mentioned but you you know uh, molten speed wax is another very good one you know i'm sure there are numerous numerous brands out there um but once you've got that you know those are the kind of things you need to actually wax the chain but in order to get your chain prepared for that you'll need some kind of strong degreasers you know gloves to handle the degreasers and chemicals or whatever you're using you know you mm-hmm. kind of it's it's useful to have a couple of like kebab skewers that you bend into a kind of u or a j shape or a spoke or you know co- yeah. coat hanger something like that basically to fish the chain in and out of the wax because obviously you know molten wax is hot <laughs> <laughs> And I wouldn't recommend, you know, even if you've got chef hands, I wouldn't recommend dipping your hand into a, a pot of, of molten <laughs> wax to pick a chain out. So, it, you know, it's, it's worth saying at this point, actually, because I don't think we have mentioned it, 
there is a 3,000 word article that I've recently written yes. on bikeradar.com. I was going to plug that, I promise, um, Simon. And there is a full kit list on there. The kit list is sort of, you know, 15 items long or so. And, it, and it's not, that sounds like, you know, in, that sounds incredible if you've, if you're used to just using a you know a bottle of drip lube and a rag to to wipe it away, but most of the stuff is 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 very cheap. It, it's kind of things like aluminium foil, you know, <laughs> a kind of a jam jar to shake the chain around in. It, it, it's it, we're not you can't you know it, one of the things you'll see online is people like to use ultrasonic cleaners, and I think there's a kind of there for me there's a bit of a fashion fad. Like sure that you know those things are useful and they can get chains and parts really clean but you can do exactly the same thing you can agitate it in a jar just using your your hand and a bit of wrist action you know like (laughs) you you don't need an ultrasonic cleaner now of course if you if you would like to buy an ultrasonic cleaner because you you know you just you're interested in this sort of stuff and you think it's a good fun bit of kit that's absolutely fine but i don't have Mm -hmm. one i don't think you need one um and you know a decent ultrasonic cleaner is expensive so yeah just putting okay. that out there. No, good point. And um, so if you've got all this kit set up, what's what's the sort of the basic process you need to go through to, to get your, your chain immersively waxed? So the very basic process is first you need to thoroughly clean and dry the chain. Now, the reason we have to do this is because we don't want any oil from the chain, be it factory grease or previous lubricant, to kind of contaminate our wax because any oil that we add to the wax is going to increase the ability of that wax to basically for dirt to stick to it. And that's what Mm -hmm. we're trying to avoid. So we want to get that chain down to kind of bare metal inside and out. And so to do that, you know, you kind of need quite an aggressive degreaser. It needs to be off the bike, obviously for a, for a start. Um, you know, you can use your degreaser of choice. I've been using, uh, kind of, turpentine substitute that i got from b&q which is a kind of like local hardware shop here in the uk you know you can use whatever you want all i would say is that you know be careful with chemicals like dispose of them responsibly you can use coffee filter papers to filter your degreaser after cleaning and then kind of reuse that a little bit again afterwards mm-hmm. once you've done that the chain's basically ready to go in the wax pot so you just pour some wax into your slow cooker you heat it up you get it to about 93 degrees celsius so you'll need a little uh thermometer probe for that okay have you know you put the chain in 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 the liquid wax you swish it around let the kind of chain sit there for a few minutes to heat up expand let the wax in and then you just remove it hang it up to kind of so it's dry or the let the wax solidify, then you just you just need to break the links because obviously it'd be stiff as a board after that. But you break the links, install it back on your bike, and you're basically good to go. You just gotta be careful for the first 10 minutes because the you know, because of the the once until the wax gets fully broken in, the, the chain links will be a bit stiff. So yeah, I was gonna say, is there any sort of breaking in period for it? Because I've had stiff stiff links on my bike and they tend to cause havoc. So imagine yeah, a whole chain whole chain's worth of stiff links. Yeah, so a whole chain's worth of stiff links, but it only literally only lasts 10 minutes and then all of that wax will be broken in. So you just kind of, you know, you just want to like just be careful. If you just ride around the block for for 10 minutes, you know, it'll be fine. Don't adjust your shifting. But after that, you should have, you know, really slippery chain for kind of three or four hundred kilometers. Okay. The the downside is that after a wet ride because there's no oil, you know, 
the chain is going to be prone to rusting if you're not going to kind of clean it and and re-wax it or top it up with a a wax-based drip lubricant after cleaning it. But if you are the type of person who wants to, you know, I've tried this on a commuter bike, for example, and, you know, if you ride into work with a wax chain in the morning and it's been wet, by the time you go back to get your bike in the evening, the chain will be slightly rusty. Now that's interesting. I think that might be a, a place where a lot of people fall off. Yeah, and that's ceremony. absolutely fine. Like for mm. me, that's probably the place that I will fall off it as well. And that's and yeah. that's absolutely fine. Um, this this you know little bit of rust is you know pretty superficial, but it does mean that when you get home, you'd you'd want to have to do it if you just to, were just to leave it every day. And obviously, yeah, a lot of people will be saying, "Well, it's wet every day I ride to work, whatever," and so you know, it's probably not going to be practical for that. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. This is this is a kind of performance oriented thing. Um and that and, the, and so it's just a case of weighing up, you know, what bikes it's appropriate for, what uses it's appropriate for, what uses it isn't. You know, I think if I lived in Australia or somewhere, somewhere where it never rained, I'd probably have it on every single bike because Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. It takes the takes away the need for kind of because the chain doesn't get dirty, you never really need to clean it. So mm-hmm. yeah. I see. Okay, and and so, if people people are you know not put off by that, and are there are any strategies to make this this process easier or to expedite it in any way, um, I think I've I've read online. I think we might have discussed the sort of the batch batch approach to, to waxing chains. Is how how successful would you say that is? So I, for me, that's that's a really really good way of making this whole process easier because you know, the kind of hassle in this process comes up front in cleaning and waxing the chains. So if you can do, you know, two or three chains or even more at once, then every time you're kind of, you know, every time you need to either, you know, you've done a wet ride or you've come to the end of that kind of three or four hundred kilometer period, instead of having to immediately take that chain off your bike and get it in the slow cooker to re-wax it or whatever, you can just swap on a brand, another freshly rewaxed chain and then kind of do it you know do the rewaxing at at your kind of convenience now mm-hmm. another option is to top up a wax chain with a wax based drip lube such as i, I know you're yeah that. you're a fan of square i'm also mm-hmm. a fan of square i've used that a little bit i've i've got ceramic speeds latest ufo drip lube which is also very good true that's tension com- that's that's compatible with with immersion immersion waxing yeah and, and all of these wax based drip loops are, are you know because they are essentially just paraffin wax suspended in usually in water and the water kind yeah. of evaporates away Th- these these make good top-up lubricants now they're not quite as good as fully rewaxing it and in my experience they don't go as sort of bone dry as a fully immersive wax chain and therefore they mm-hmm. do tend to pick up a little bit more dirt a little bit of extra gunkiness but you know that's probably you know that's something that I'm willing to live with to avoid having to rewax my chain after every single wet ride in the winter, for example. Yeah, sure. So no, it's a kind of there's a give and take there, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, um, I'm not. I just I, I don't see. I think there's it's from the signs of it, it sounds like a lot of hassle to get up and running with, and I've just never taken that first step. I think if you, as with anything, it's a you know it's a skill and a process, right? And the more you refine it, the easier it gets and the less you think about it. So I, I've said to you before, you just need to take that that first step into it. Definitely um, interests me. But yeah, for now, like like you said, um, squirt is sort of the, the optimal balance of 
uh, like little, you know, much of the performance or some of the performance of immersion waxing, but with a lot more of the ease of use and a little bit more practicality for me as an individual at the moment. Um, yeah, I think so. So as someone who used to use Square almost like exclusively, I would say that it's a great product. And I think the main difference is that it doesn't, you know, treating your chain with Square, it just that treatment, because there's just literally less wax going on the chain, it just doesn't last as long Mm -hmm. as a fully Mm -hmm. immersive wax treated chain. Like like in in my experience, the kind of Squirt tends, you know, I was having to like, it would be, you know, maybe 150k before you start to think, oh, I probably need to top up that chain again a little bit. Uh, whereas, yeah. if it in the dry, like with a wax chain, you could literally leave it for three, four hundred kilometers. So, mm-hmm. and and it is, it you know, it, the, the the chain stays marginally cleaner, and your gears. Like, I don't know if you noticed, like you get a little bit of black gunk building up with with squirts. You do, you just and yeah. and so that's just from kind of you know dirt sticking to it. And it's kind of, you know, sticking on your cassette cogs and your chain rings and things like that. And you don't get any of that with immersive wax chains, you know, when done properly or whatever. So, but it, we're talking very minor differences here. And, and like you say, like the kind of that upfront hassle is the big thing. So another good thing, if you know someone who does immersive wax chains, you know, one of the really easy ways to get into this is to avoid that initial cleaning step, get someone who does wax chains to give you you know to clean it for you get a wax chain off them and then you can just do the rewaxing with the slow cooker at home you know because mm. once you've cleaned that chain properly and waxed it all you need to do to clean it next time is put it in some boiling agitate it in some boiling water to melt off the old wax and then you just put it back in your slow cooker of wax you know five minutes in there you're done take it hang it up and then you can reinstall it on your bike so it's, it's, yeah. it's the kind of cleaning thing that really takes a long time because stripping factory grease and you know previous chain oil like it you need really aggressive cleaners and you have to kind of you know often you want to soak it overnight it might require two or three baths in the degreaser and then you know Mm -hmm. you've got to so that that bit is where the hassle comes in but if you can you know buy a wax chain from ceramic speed or there you know what shop will sell you one or zero friction cycling in australia there are plenty of places or you know if you know you know a friend who who has too much time on their hands like me and you can get an immersive mm, wax I chain. Say, on. I, I do know <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like if you wanted an immersive wax train to ch- chain to try it out, Sam, you know, you gave me a chain. Like I did one for Felix last year. Did you? Yeah, okay. I did, yeah. Uh, and so it, it doesn't take, you know, now that I've got all the kit, like it's, it's for me, it's just as simple as putting the chain in a in a jam jar with some some spirits and letting so it... What, <laughs> what, what you aren't telling everyone here is you've got a, a massive side hustle to your, to your day job of a, your, your chain waxer by night yeah exactly so 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 that but that's you know do you know what i mean like that's that's a kind of mm. that's a way to get around that because if you, you know we a lot of us know if you if you're part of a cycling club there's probably one or two people who are you know this this kind of nerdy about it right so if you can get someone like that to kind of take a little bit of the work off your hands that's that's a, a nice a nicer way to get into it Okay. I think the other string thing that strikes me is that it's quite quick link intensive. Do you have how how um how durable do you find quick links? Do you have any quick links of choice? Um so in my experience now I, I've used kind of you know Shimano, SRAM branded ones and kind of KMC branded ones. They're all really good. I have tried some of the cheaper ones that you can kind of get on Amazon and stuff like that, because yeah, you're mm-hmm. right, it can be very quick links intensive. Uh, in my experience, the Shimano SRAM ones are, you know, officially they're single use. 
they're usually good for two or three uses in my experience mm. but like I cannot stress enough you, you've got to be very very careful like if it doesn't take significant force to close the link yeah just yeah. discard it get a new mm-hmm. one like it's not you know the money that you'll save on not having to replace chain rings for example will <laughs> yeah. more than outweigh any extra money spent on links and if you're really concerned about it you know you can kmc sell reusable chain links whippermen sell reusable chain links that sort of thing yeah um yeah, yeah. And, and so that's part of the reason why i've gone to i've i don't Every single time my chain needs rewaxing, I don't take it off the bike and put it in the in the slow cooker immediately. If if it, if it's still kind of if, you know, I wash my bike down with you know, soapy water. That's all I need. And if the chain looks reasonably clean, well, you know, very clean still, I'll just top it up with a wax-based drip lube. Yeah, and and you know, I'll get a kind of few more rides out of that chain. But um, yeah, it, it is a little quick link. In, it can be quick link intensive if you live in a really wet area and you're constantly wanting to take the chain off the bike, put it back in the slow cooker, put it back on. And yeah, my, sure. my suggestion for that would, would simply be to, yeah, use a kind of wax-based drip glue to top up your chain every now and again. Mm-hmm. Or and just yeah. kind of swallow the cost and acknowledge that, yeah, by by reducing the wear on your chain cassettes, chain rings, you're going to, it's it's all going to come together in the kind of long term. Yeah. And how, how applicable do you think it is across discipline? Do you think there is an equal equally valid use for, for gravel riding where it does tend to be dirtier and even mountain biking? So from an efficiency point of view, yeah, like it, because it picks up less dirt, it will be more efficient and therefore it will reduce the rate of wear on your components. Now, if you look at any of like Alex Evans' mountain bike reviews, you know, you can see how hard those kind of conditions where Alex lives up in Scotland can be on mountain bike drivetrains. You know, Alex is no stranger to breaking chains, wearing through teeth, wearing through cassettes and that sort of thing. And so from an efficiency standpoint, it, it, it almost matters more there because, you know, there's more potential for wear and tear to go on. But like anything, it, it also means that, you know, but this is the same of any chain lube, right? Like if you're, if you're, riding in those sort of extreme conditions you're going to have if you if you want to maintain your drivetrain you're going to have to take more care of it so that means either you know stripping the chain after a wet ride if you've used wet lube and and then re-lubing it but if you're using a wax-based chain lube you you know you don't have to use those degreasers you can clean the chain with you know boiling water and then put it back in a slow cooker or top it up mm-hmm. with wax-based drip lube now for me yeah you know, I, I, I'm not a big fan of having to constantly use spray aerosol degreasers. You know, environmentally, they're, they're really bad. So the, the, the idea of using kind of a little bit of degreaser up front that I can recycle again a little bit and then only clean my chain with, you know, boiling water or just sort of soapy warm water from day to day works out and i and i quite like that but i i am not a mountain biker and i and i can't mm. you know it would be it's difficult for me to say that you know alex should move to immersive chain waxing because i'm not sure if he's he necessarily got the appetite for it yeah I but from a pure efficiency point of view you, yeah i would argue that you argue you know you've got more to gain in a sense because the conditions are harder Okay, well, maybe that's that's chain waxing part two. We'll get Al on and, <laughs> yeah. and we'll, we'll, we'll argue our case to him. Um, okay, well, do you think that, do you, do you have anything more to say? Do you think that's a good place to, to leave it? You know, I, I think one of the you know, one of the things with, with this subject that 
chain lubricants always seem to bring out a lot of comments on bikeradar.com and whether it's the kind mm. of you know our guide to it or this this article in particular i think everyone has their own way of doing it and i i think there's a lot of you know a lot of it's one of those topics that everyone has a very strong opinion on because i think the way you ride your bike and where you live and all of these things can really have a big impact that's right on yeah, what's so, right for you mm-hmm. yeah and so people get very passionate about it. But if I was to say, you know, my dad is a very much a part-time cyclist, but if I was to say to him, like, you know, this is the, this is the best, <laughs> this is the best way to lubricate your train. Like he, he would think I was absolutely bonkers. You know, he, I don't even know the last time he lubricated his, the chain on yeah. his bike, let alone, you know, considered what type of chain lubricant he was using. And, and to mm-hmm. be honest, for most people, you know, if you're not going to bother stripping the factory grease off your chain, then you're going to really, you're going to stick to wet lubricants. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, there are, there are very decent ones that, you know, Stan Portis, our digital writer is a big fan of Silka's uh, synergetic wet lube. And I've heard good things from independent testing labs on that as well. So that could be a good option for that. Mm -hmm. But if you're the type of cyclist who, enjoys the kind of finer details and enjoys you know fettling with your bikes and you know wasting time with this sort of thing then there are tangible performance gains and and i would say that if you've made the leap to a wax-based drip lube and you think yeah this is really great you know i'm happy to clean the kind of clean the factory grease off my chain and then use a wax-based drip lube well actually the immersive waxing part is really easy and is something Mm -hmm. that i would encourage people to give a go okay oh good well what a what a way to end the pitch i think that's quite a triumphant <laughs> triumphant way to to leave it so um yeah i think we'll leave things there thank you very much for being my guest today and i hope everyone found that entertaining i certainly did and i promise simon i will i will get to it <laughs> well like i said if you want if you'd like a if you'd like a a wax chain to to try out if you if you send me one in the post sam i'll, <laughs> I'll send it back uh covered in a lovely slippery layer of wax and you can experience the magic for one ride. And then when you go out in the wet, you'll uh, be like, Oh, (laughs) that's that done then. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Simon. Good to speak to you today. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the bike radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com.